I would have to agree. Uh, so thanks for telling me that because even you <laughs> sounded funny and you don't anymore. <laughs> I would have lost my mind if I had to listen to you talk like that for the next hour. No offense. Like, I literally would have been like, what is this? Noise? No, it's good. I, like I said, you even sounded like you were talking through, like, a with a pillow over your face. So I'm glad you said something because I Oops, thought it was just it. me. <laughs> plot twist we're actually doing voice changers for spooky season um that is the reason behind all of this 
<laughs> oh man, I could have played that off. You <laughs> can do that. an episode of Darth Vader. I'm just gonna edit that apology out. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> love it. Okay, well that's really all I wanted to mention. I think before we dive in. So uh, if you don't have anything else, I will jump right into it, Sid. Go right ahead. Some things make the news, and when you hear of it, you don't believe it's real life. It sounds more like a movie. In the case of Elise Poller, it is actually a true tale and a devastating one at that. One attorney described this as the most gruesome case he had ever read about. Join us as we dive into Elisa's story and the terrible tragedy of her senseless murder. Elise Pollard was born on April 24, 1980, to David and Lizane Pollard and lived in Ario Grande, California. She was born and raised here in this quiet and peaceful town right near the beach in the middle of San Jose and Los Angeles. So if you kind of look on the map of California, it's pretty much in the middle. <laughs> I'd say probably an hour, hour and a half from each. So it's kind of its own little area. She was the oldest of her siblings. Some reports say two, others say three, but she was the oldest. And when she was little, she had a dream. She would compete in beauty contests. She always wanted to be an actress one day. Elise was attracting attention from a very young age. She was strikingly beautiful with her blonde hair and blue eyes. She was always a good student and very close with her family. They, she grew up in a church, and they really seemed to be a picture-perfect family on the outside. However, once Elise hit high school, things changed a bit. She began to drink and started occasionally using drugs, and her family finally sent her to a drug rehab center due to her use of marijuana in school at the time. And just as a reminder, this is like <laughs> the mid-90s at this point. So although smoking weed is pretty common, it's still very big, like a very big stigma attached to it at the time, let alone <laughs> being like 14 and in school. In this rehab facility, she met and became friends with 15-year-old Jacob Delishmutt. Jacob had been raised Mormon and had been sent to the rehab facility after his family discovered his drug problem, specifically with amphetamines. Through Jacob, Elise also met two of his other really good friends, Joseph Fiorella and Royce Casey. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I butchered a couple of these last names, even though I listened to all of them. So I'm just going to be referring to everyone by their first names going forward. Both Joseph and Royce had already been expelled from the high school. They used to actually go to the same school as Elise. And these three boys, Joseph, Jacob, and Royce, had formed a heavy metal band. They called themselves Hatred, <laughs> which was inspired by, by the famous band at the time, Slayer. Joseph consumed a lot of Satanism and occult-related content, which quickly appeared in their band style. It was very apparent in their music, their lyrics, things like that. The three boys were known to be troublemakers by neighbors and adults in the area that they interacted with. In the summer of 1995, everything changed for Elise and her family in even more drastic ways. 
On July 22, 1995, 15-year-old Elise would disappear from her home in Ario Grande, California, and would not be seen alive again. No one knew anything that had happened, not friends, family, or any neighbors. Elise seemingly disappeared. She had been watching TV with her father when she had said she was going to bed and just disappeared. In March of 1996, roughly eight months later, her body would be discovered not far from her home, partially mummified in a eucalyptus grove. Elise had been raped and brutally murdered where she was found. There are 12 to 15 stab wounds. She had been strangled and badly beaten. But the cause of her death was determined to be due to massive blood loss. The investigation into Elisa's disappearance really didn't do much, to be honest. Her family had filed a missing persons report the same day, but were met with some pretty big resistance from the police. With her background, it was believed she was just, you know, another runaway teen, and there was no real investigation done. In fact, there were a few unconfirmed sightings of Elise, even some reported in local papers, that really didn't help or encourage police to look into her disappearance much further, unfortunately. In fact, it seemed there were no answers for a very long time. So what all changed? In March of 1996, Royce Casey went to the police and claimed he knew what happened to Elise. At the time, Rice was 17, and he directed police exactly where her body could be found. Royce told investigators that him and his two acquaintances, Jacob and Joseph, had committed the crime, and he went over some pretty gruesome details. The boys' band, which was not very successful, was a huge focus to them. It had been determined that the three of them should offer some sort of sacrifice of a young virgin to the devil, and in return, they would get fame and money. Originally, this was Joseph's idea, and the other two were not on board, according to Royce. But after months of planning on how to do this, they decided to finally go after their perfect sacrifice, Elise. They thought not only was Elise a virgin, but she was blonde and blue-eyed, which would make the most ultimate sin against God, according to them, and could be even more pleasing to Satan. (laughs) And I laugh not because this is funny, but like, this is like genuinely what they were thinking. I didn't know that Satan had a preference on. (laughs) I mean, like, I guess I would have been growing up, right? (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Like, what? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's wild their thought process um not only that but they like they were friends with Elise and they stalked her for months and and had decided like months before this that she was going to be their victim which is wild according to the details Royce provided police on the evening of July 22nd he had called Elise and invited her to meet up at a place near his house to smoke weed and chat She had quickly accepted, since this was something she did often with the boys. Like I said, they were friends. Obviously, this isn't something you tell your parents at 15. So when she had told her dad she was going to bed, she went to her room and just snuck out. When she first arrived, that's exactly how the night went. 
However, the boys decided it was time to finally act. Jacob tightened a belt around Elisa's neck while she wasn't looking, and Royce held her arms back so she couldn't put up a fight. Some reports said that Elise went into unconsciousness first. Uh, Others say that Joseph started stabbing her while the belt was still wrapped around her neck. Either way, the boys did take turns stabbing her, and unfortunately, it did not end there. She was slowly bleeding to death. None of the stab wounds had been determined to be fatal. So while she laid there pleading for her mother and praying to God, according to all three boys, she was beaten and kicked brutally, and she slowly bled to death. The assault on her body did not end there, unfortunately. Before leaving the scene, the three boys then took turns sexually assaulting Elisa's now corpse after she passed. Not only that, the boys apparently returned several times over the next few weeks to continuously sexually assault her dead body. Royce had decided to come forward because by this time he had moved away from the other two boys and supposedly had converted to Christianity and started going to church. He actually told police that he was afraid that he would feel like killing again or that his two former friends would kill him next. Apparently, Jacob and Joseph had made it very clear they were not opposed to killing in the name of Satan again. They also had attempted to kill Elise previously. Apparently, they had lured her out of her home uh, very similarly, but things for some reason didn't go as planned and something had happened. So they abandoned the plan before attacking her. During the interviews with police, all three boys claimed that they needed to commit a sacrifice to the devil in order to give their metal band called Hatred the, and I quote, craziness to go professional. All three did not deny the accusations and were actually pretty open about what happened in their initial interviews. Supposedly, two of them even bragged to some schoolmates, but no one believed them at the time. I'm just going to say this. (laughs) If I ever found out my child went to school and bragged about a kid who was missing from their class and, like, that they murdered her or raped her or whatever, we have a problem. (laughs) Because I don't know, like... What kind of person goes to school and jokes about that? No. It's very, very fucked up. And I'm going to say, like, take it a step further. No one ever joked about that, like, obviously around me growing up. Obviously, I didn't know someone that, like, went missing. But you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine being in high school and hearing that and not being like, that's fucked up. I should tell the cops. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Like, I feel like we hear this all the time. People, like, brag do. about it and they didn't believe them. Well, and even, like, not, okay, so even, like, not just about, because, like, I don't, like, growing up, I didn't know anyone that got, like, murdered or missing, at least when I was, like, younger. But, like, another thing Same. that I feel like, and this comes up often, is crimes just being committed in general. 
like where people brag would I feel like oftentimes it's stories you hear about like people bragging about the crimes that they committed like off topic but like the bling ring they oh yeah basically basically like told people at parties like what they did and I feel like it's one of those things that like nobody actually reports it for like x amount of time like they, people don't say anything right away they're just like you're full shit but it's like why why would you come up with some like outlandish lie like that if it wasn't tr- I mean you could even call like an anonymous tip line and be yeah. like hey this person so-and-so said this they were bragging at a party you should look into them and okay what wasted manpower but at least someone looked into it or you reported it i would have a guilty ass conscience if i was at a party or was at school and someone had mentioned something to me and i never said anything about it and then came to find out that it was like really happened very much same yeah i would forever have like that on my conscience and feel like guilty about it Mm -hmm. i just had to rant because when i checked that up i was like what the fuck (laughs) no that's a i think that's a valid a valid rant and like there is always that chance though that even though you know you do report it that they don't do anything about it like big thing right now we've been ta- talking yeah. about Dahmer like Dahmer they people yes. reported him but nobody did anything like it's not uncommon for that to happen oh at my least... god we can't even get on that tangent right now because <laughs> you need to finish watching it <laughs> well <laughs> we'll get on this tangent slightly it is not funny but kind of comical that i do know so much about his case that while watching it with my boyfriend who's like asking me things i can tell him like oh this really happened or oh this is exaggerated but here's the real version yeah like and it's kind of fucked up how much things he's like questioning that i'm like no that really happened there's a lot of things like that you know the amount of times like going back to I guess our original point here like he was people told on him people called the police on him people reported him for these different things and the police didn't follow up on it it was like the boy that cried wolf like multiple times but at least they weren't the ones that had the guilty conscience there it was the police that fucked up you don't have that on your conscience then at that point like you did your obligation and you did what you're required you should be doing as like a citizen uh, correct a member <laughs> of society member to society yeah yeah um yeah because it's it's super messed up and i think it's very apparent uh in the Dahmer series at least like the racism and the stigma around gays and homosexuality which like you and i we did that tour like obviously in milwaukee we knew that that was a thing yeah Um, yeah and even if you look in Dahmer's case like you know that's a thing and it's weird to me that like i mean i guess the community in this case and elise's case like it is a predominantly white case but you gotta think even her parents like reported her missing and they looked at it like Oh, she's a 15-year-old girl who had been sent to rehab before her smoking weed. Yeah. But, like, she like that, probably ran she's away. She's more likely. This. Yeah, which, I mean, ultimately, I think it comes back to, like, the, the people that we're reporting to might need to... They have the stigma on if you ran away previously or if you did something bad previously or fall under some of these certain categories that 
you know, your case isn't looked into as hard as someone else. Correct. Which, like, Well, you know what it made me think of, too, which is, like, fucking wild? How many people, how many families have unanswered questions because they reported someone missing in, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and this is literally the response they got? Yeah. So many, there's probably... So many young girls and young women were never identified with, like, massive serial killers because of that. Yeah. And that's fucked up. Yep. And their families have to go, like, literally to... (laughs) Their families go, like, to their grave not knowing what happened. Literally. (laughs) It's just wild to me. Yeah. It's really messed up. Sorry, my side tangents. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, back to Elise. So, obviously, Royce had gone in and and had this open conversation and and confessed. And they had picked up Joseph and Jacob, who also were pretty open in their interviews. So, I mean, Lisa's family got answers. They They found her body. And at this point, all three boys were tried separately. Joseph and his attorney reached a plea agreement with the prosecution. He actually pled guilty to first-degree murder in exchange for a life sentence with the possibility of parole after 26 years. I know that sounds like really light (laughs) for what they did, but just keep in mind, all three boys were minors at the time of the crime. I think they were 15, 16, and 17. Royce was the oldest at 17, and Jacob, or... Joseph, who was kind of like the leader (laughs) and came up with this idea, was 15 at the time of this crime. So, yeah, we're not looking at, like, the death penalty, which they might have if they were adults. Well, actually, they probably wouldn't have because it was the state of California. But they also were children (laughs) at the time. Royce pled no contents and was sentenced to the life with the possibility of parole in 21 years. And Jacob also pled no contest in the first degree murder and was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 26 years. So basically, Royce got five years <laughs> earlier potential of parole because of he was the one that came forward and, and confessed. All three boys were sentenced and split up. Royce was sent to Valley State Prison, Joseph to High Desert State Prison, and Jacob was sent to the Correctional Training Facility in California. In 2021, Royce was actually up for parole after he had previously been denied. It's a really interesting turn of events. Uh, Members of Elise's family did not oppose his release last year, and he actually had a glowing record of good behavior for over 20 years while behind bars. Royce had attended several rehab programs, completed high school, and was pursuing a bachelor's degree in psychology and sociology. At every parole hearing, Royce expressed regret, and he was actually set to receive parole. The the parole board approved it. However, a San Luis Obispo County District Attorney, Dan Dow, wrote a letter to the governor basically requesting he oppose this release. He said in his letter, which you can actually find in our sources, you can read it yourself. uh, He said Royce never adequately explained why he agreed to participate in such a sadistic crime in the first place. Obviously, he said he wasn't 
interested at first and he thought Joseph was crazy at first, but he did eventually go along with it and he never explained really why. And so this attorney, this district attorney, he's actually the one that said this was the most gruesome crime he had ever read about. And he felt like letting race out would be unjust. The governor actually had 30 days to review and make his decision after the parole board, I can't talk, after the parole board granted parole to Royce. And he actually appeared to agree with the district attorney. He denied Royce's parole in July of 2021. Uh, (laughs) Very interesting turn of events because I didn't really know how this, like, that the governor has the ability to reverse this decision. And then not only that, but Royce's legal team then had the opportunity to appeal the denial. And basically they said Royce has been the most profound change, like has shown the most profound change and growth behind bars that they've ever seen before. And they appealed it. As of June of 2022, this year, a superior court judge actually agreed with the Royce's attorneys and he reversed the governor's decision to deny parole. Uh, There are 60 days for review and another appeal from the governor's office before it would become final and a release date would be set for Royce. I have not seen anything. That was June of 2022 or now October. My guess is either they appealed or a release date is in the process of being set. Those are really, really interesting, though, because like just based on what you said, like he does sound like the way that the prison like the system's supposed to work is like rehabilitate the offenders and like get the goal the ultimate goal will be to get them back in the community no matter what they commit like obviously that's not going to happen for some people but like that's the whole goal of the system is to like offer these opportunities to like rehabilitate these people and make them citizens you know go welcomed back into society and it sounds like you know he did take advantage of that and obviously like Saying that he feels regret, you know, there's so many people that they go in front of those parole boards and they're still like, I don't feel sorry for what I did or like, don't even 100%. bring any of that into the their conversation. Like, they're not even talking about the victims. They're not talking about what they did. They're looking at it like that point in my life has passed and like, I should just get out because I should get out. So like, he, I didn't include all of his like comments and stuff, but like he literally said, like he thinks about it every day, how much pain she was in and how much she suffered in her last moments because of him and how awful it was. And, um, you know, basically he lives with that for the rest of his life Yeah, and he has like full comprehension of what he did and how wrong it was. He has, he has made comments. He intends to like get out and try to work at a drug drug rehab facility. Like, that's what he wants to do. He wants to give back and help people and fix mm-hmm. the mistakes he made. And I don't know. I think it's a very gruesome, fucked up case. I think yeah. it's horrible what they did and what, the, what they did in the name of, like, oh, Satan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's silly to me. This is why there was a satanic panic because of fucking <laughs> idiots like this. But you also have to remember at the time, like, they were young, they were kids. Like, I know 17 yes, is like, yes. oh, you're an adult, but 17-year-old boy, your brain is not mentally developed. Like, you're not mentally developed enough. And we don't know what your home situation was, and I'm not making excuses. But 
to think that even Elisa's family openly said, like, he has shown remorse, uh, he has been an honor inmate, and they feel strongly that Elisa's case would have never been solved without his help. Yeah. I mean, he was still a kid when he confessed. And he was like, listen, like, he sat there and was like, this is fucked up. I have to tell the truth, like, no matter what happens to me. And that takes yeah. a lot. And yeah, a thousand percent. And two, like, and you kind of mentioned this, but I kind of want to chime back into that. You know, the fact that the DA and the governor were like, you know, he did. He did this, you know, ultimately he did this and there wasn't that. Re- I think you said like a reason that he he never provided a reason as to why he had kind of committed the crime. But like when yeah. you're 16 years old or whatever, like, I feel like we've may have talked about this on here or I've just had this conversation within the last like month. But like when you're 16 years old, if you have a good friend that like tells you to jump off a bridge, there's been situations where I feel like I contemplated, like I would jump off the bridge. Like you just kind of do those situations. <laughs> I actually joke like, all the time that if all my friends jumped off a bridge, I would jump too because they'd go first and they'd break my soul. <laughs> true but like but like it's i agree like there's not everyone can be the leader like you're going to follow your friends in some of these situations whether it's a good idea or not unfortunately and like whether you feel i mean answer of why he did it like no i can literally ask my grown boyfriend why he did something stupid and he'll look at you and be like i don't know like at the time it just seemed like a good idea like yeah, I have like, no idea. It's just I don't know. I can understand and respect both sides, I think. I yes. Think that's how I yes. Feel. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I th- I just like to, you know, argue both sides for no reason. Same. <laughs> <laughs> like I I can understand and respect both sides. I can understand what the governor and the district attorney feel the way they do, but I think the biggest like speaking point is that Elisa's family, the Pollard family, have like openly said, like, they support this. I think her dad in an interview said, you know, it would make my other children uncomfortable knowing that one of her killers is like out free living her life, that his life, let alone potentially in a nearby community. However, in this circumstance, we can understand and respect, like, you know, why he should be granted parole. Yeah. Which I think is very big I don't know um but the other two boys Joseph currently scheduled for parole hearing tentatively in July of 2023 and Jacob in December of 2024 I'm not sure I think said Jacob was previously denied uh and Joseph had deferred his parole hearing for a year I'm not sure but the Pollard family and their attorney have adamantly opposed any release for either of these two boys. So, again, they're supporting the release of one, but not the other two. And maybe uh, that could be as simple as seeing the change in one and then seeing what's going on with the other two. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know the details on the other two, but also there. Well, and it doesn't talk about their record in prison. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just think, like, Joseph being the ringleader and really showing you know, remorse, true, true, true. even at the time of sentencing, where Ro- Royce did immediately have that re- remorse. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's um, a that's a big point, too. Yeah. So, there was some drama and some aftermath after the boys' trial. In fact, this case got 
national headlines, but not because of Elisa's murder itself, unfortunately, or the trial of the three boys. Elisa's parents, David and Lizane, went on to file a lawsuit against the band Slayer, (laughs) claiming that their music contributed to their daughter's death. Specifically, they referenced songs like Postmortem and Dead Skin Mask, which they said gave the three boys detailed instructions on how to stalk, rape, torture, murder, and commit acts of necrophilia on Elise. Apparently, the three boys admitted to investigators they were inspired to kill by the music of Slayer. The lawsuit was originally filed in 1996, after the boys were first arrested and charged, but it was actually delayed until the trial was complete and concluded. The lawsuit was tossed out by the judge who stated, and I quote, there's not a legal position that could be taken that would make Slayer responsible for the girl's death. Where do you draw the line? You might as well start looking through the library at every shelf. I mean, I agree. (laughs) The judge said, Uh, The lyrics were indeed repulsive and shocking to him, but they did not encourage listeners to commit cruel acts that result in death. I think music is just music, and it's very unfortunate that you did that yourself and and took it that way. I'm sure that's something that the members of Slayer had, had felt some sort of guilt about, or at least some of them. Uh, The Pollers were not undeterred by this lawsuit dismissal, actually. They decided to file a second lawsuit. Um, They had kind of modified their claims a little bit, but ultimately this case was also dismissed. The judge in this case stated, I do not consider Slayer's music obscene, indecent, or harmful to minors. Also, I'm pretty sure it was like one of those, they had albums that were like, adult supervision required or something like that mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about i think so yeah like i literally said i just talked explicit about the other day yeah yeah like they you could buy m&m's old cds on you could get like an edited version and the unedited versions yeah but like i don't can you buy like a you can get like an, an explicit cd like if you're under age i, I couldn't think. go to the store and no. buy explicit versions under like 17 yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I feel like this definitely because Eminem. I had to have my mom get me the Eminem. <laughs> my mom always bought our CDs, and we had the adult versions. <laughs> yes, but I think I was like, like we, 16. That's why I literally just talked about this the other day. <laughs> Jacob also stated in an interview to the Washington Post that the music Slayer's music is destructive, but that's not why Elise was murdered. She was murdered because Joe was obsessed with her and obsessed with killing her. So I wanted to end on that quote with like the aftermath of the lawsuit because it is quite unfortunate that her story only made national headlines because her parents sued the band. Uh, I'm not saying they made the wrong decision. I think they made the right decision for their family and what they believed. I also don't think that the band was liable for her murder, <laughs> uh, at least not personally. Um, but yeah, I wanted to include that because that was wild. That is wild. I do like the, I like the, you know, I guess, and not, I'm not saying this in like a sarcastic way either. But like, I like their effort and like, you know, that they went and they went and did it. You know, they felt strongly about this. They felt like someone else should be held reliable 100%. for it. 
And they made the attempts and even made the modifications to try and do it again. But I do, you know, looking at the judge's position, like, it is very valid. Like, where do you draw the line at some of those things? Like, this kind of reminds me of, like, banned books. Like, where do you draw the line yeah. on these certain things? Like, it's I mean, a cruel world we live in, unfortunately. <laughs> I think... Um the murder of John Lennon was really tragic, but I don't think the catcher in the rye was at fault. No. Or that Holden was like <laughs> this character in real life that influenced John Lennon's killer. You know what I mean? Like I <laughs> No, no. It's uh I agree. I think the judge said it very well. Like where do you draw the line? I like you said, I think I applaud their effort because if they did feel so strongly about it, they should try to do something about it yeah I think their anger is a little misplaced personally but I don't I don't know how I would react and I just hope that if I felt strongly and passionately about something I would pursue it like they did so I think they did the right thing for their family I think so too do you have any other comments before I move into my two fun facts for us um, so I'm very intrigued by this. I'm very happy that you shared this with me. I am not familiar with this. Also, like, you know, at least when we do our own research, I can kind of look at pictures throughout. So I haven't seen any photos. So I really need to look up pictures after this. Um, okay, because you're going to look up the mugshots of these boys and you're going to see literally Joseph being the ringleader. He looks like a fetus. <laughs> really? Like he's so young and it's wild. Oh my God. Because I don't even, like, I have images in my head, but I don't know if, like, that's what it's going to be. So I'm very intrigued to see what they actually look like. That's, like, one of my favorite pieces of hearing a story is actually looking at the pictures and seeing what the real deal is. I'm excited to look at that. But... I mean, in my personal opinion, Royce looks the scariest in his mugshots. Really? But, like, the other two look young. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I also one of my fun facts has to do with Joseph um just because this is something I had saw in one of the articles and then I was like I or maybe it was like one of the comments on one of the articles and I had to like try to verify this um his older brother his name is Anthony also committed a gruesome murder and was sentenced to life in prison really isn't that fucking wild? That is. They all look like little babies. Yes. Royce looks the scariest in my opinion, but I think it's maybe because his forehead is so big. Yeah, but he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't look scary. Like, but I don't feel like any of them look kids. scary. They're literally children. They look like, that's crazy. Now I want to look up. That's not what I was picturing them to look like either. I want you to say that. I just want to say that right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out our social media pages looking at, like, the pictures. Because they're not what you imagined at all. No. No. Uh, I have another question for you. Did this story sound familiar at all? Like a movie or anything? Or parts of a movie? <laughs> um. I don't think so. Like, I got vibes from, like, but that's, like, a real, another real story, like, from, like, the West Memphis Three, but, like, they have, like, their own movie, so, like, no. Have you ever seen the movie Jennifer's Body? 
Yes. So this is loosely the case that Jennifer's body is based off of. Really? Yeah. They're members of a band that <laughs> um, basically tried to kill Jennifer yeah. or Megan Fox and make the yeah. sacrifice so they go famous. And obviously in the movie, it backfires. <laughs> yes. Um, they do get famous, though. And in this case, they did not because that's not real life. But. Yeah, that how fucking wild is that? That's interesting. I did not know that. Actually, how I found it, I was trying to find like good Halloween themed, like, okay, what are some good ones that like horror movies are based off of or something? And I randomly found this case and was like, no fucking way is like those are the Jennifer's body based off a real fucking story. Those are the best ones where you're like, this is a real thing. What the fuck? Yeah, that's I literally, and then reading the case, it was like I said in the beginning. I feel like it's something you are like that's not real. It's a movie, but it is real. Yeah, like this really happened. That's crazy. Yeah, so that was why I was really excited to share the story. Like I said, I think it was particularly gruesome. I think the trigger warning was needed. I try not to go in like super in depth in a lot of that, but yeah. It was <laughs> Jennifer's body. Thanks, Megan Fox, for trying to get a little bit of Elisa's story out, I guess. <laughs> In a weird way, yes. In a very weird way. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting, though. I would have never guessed that one. But, yeah, that's why I was curious if it sounded familiar. Because, like, I knew that going into the case, obviously, so. And I was like, no, like, I mean, now that you said it, yes, that makes sense, but, like, that wouldn't have been, like, something that came to mind. Yeah, me either. Me either at all. I feel like that would have to be something you knew going into it. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Well, that's all I've got. You got some, uh, jokes and facts for us? I do. What do you want first? Um, let's go. Let's go fact first. All right. And I just let me preface this with, you know, the facts are getting a little dry again. So I got to like start thinking with my brain for the next handful of months um, <laughs> to dig deeper. So May is the national salsa month. Interesting. Is I didn't know they had a whole I think so. And then because there's like multiple other days that land in there for like national days. Yeah. This isn't like taco. It isn't national taco day in May. One of them is in May. And then Cinco de Mayo because it's like the same day. I'm going to look it up real quick. National taco day is October 4th. One of them is October. Oh, we missed it. God damn it. I've been slacking, man. I've been slacking. How did I not know that? I didn't see anything on... Oh, I don't think I was on social media that day. That, yeah, that's probably... <laughs> it all makes sense now. Whoops. Never mind. <laughs> Whoops. We were busy. <laughs> a lot of um, things going on. A lot of things. <laughs> well, that was a good uh, fun fact, though. I bet it's the whole month. I bet it's because of Cinco de Mayo. That would make sense. That would make sense. <laughs> uh, okay, what's your joke? Is it all right to drink a bottle of tequila? 
Is it all right? Yeah. Yes. Like, is, this is a question. Is it all right to drink a bottle of tequila? Yes or I no? Mean, I guess. <laughs> Only if you want it to kill you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. In the name, Peyton. It's in the name. <laughs> to kill you. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I also promised I'd give you some dad Halloween jokes. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, what is a ghost's favorite day of the week? Booze day. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> but it is wrong. <laughs> what is it? It's fright day. <laughs> fright day. <Hey. laughs> I like yours better, though. Thanks. <laughs> Us to get booze day like Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that's gonna be the actual answer. <laughs> I just made a joke, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, you can find us on social media, our Facebook Tacos and Tequila podcast. Reminder: go check out those pictures from this episode because you're gonna be just as shocked as Sydney was. I'm still shook about that. I'm gonna have to look up more after this. <laughs> Um, you can also find us on Instagram, Tacos and Tequila. The pictures will be on there too. <laughs> you can find our website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com, has links to all our sources and our episodes on Spotify and all that good stuff. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating and review. Helps us get noticed, helps us see what you like. It's also really cool to just see what you guys think. We've had some new ones on there. I think I sent you one this week, or was that last week? I think it was last week, but it was very oh, exciting. I was very excited. And then I, I like think that there was a, I think that there was another one that just was like stars or something though. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we love we love to see it. It's very much appreciated. Helps us get noticed. Good feedback. Like to see the feedback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I think that is everything. So I guess we will talk to you next week for another spooky episode, folks. Bye. Bye.